Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Mythos Unit with Listen to These Nerds. My name is Chris, and I'm going to be the Game Master for tonight. Starting at the top of the chat channel and going down, we have... Uh, hi, my name is Jonathan, and I'm going to be playing Adam Lavender. Uh, hi, I'm Harry, and I'm going to be playing Franklin Blackmore. Uh, hi, I'm Joe, and I'm going to be playing Quincy Adam. I'm John, and I'm going to be playing Tony. As you listeners might suspect, uh, basically stuff is still going on in the real world. So for the foreseeable future, the recordings will still be going on with safe social distancing. So uh, with that in mind, uh, let's jump into today's game. As last we left off, two of our members of the Mythos unit just got some very interesting messages. An ominous text from uh, the man in black directed towards Quincy... And Franklin, you just got a phone call from Jack saying that Spring Meadow has gone missing. Right. So Blackmore hears this. He's basically just going to say, give me a minute. He's going to like find uh, like an empty meeting room, yeah, shut the you, door, uh, close the blinds. You, yeah, you're in an empty meeting room already. Yeah. And so, and then I'm like, all right, so what happened? Look, mate, I'll, I'll be in talk. And he definitely sounds flustered on the other end. He just... It happened a couple days ago, Monday, all right? I talked to Spring Meadow because I'm trying to investigate to see if anybody here in Mythtown was responsible for putting the word out that Winter Holly was on her own in, you know, human society and stuff. So I asked Spring Meadow to help me out with this. This was on Monday, all right? And then Tuesday morning comes by and nobody's seen her. I'm, and I figured maybe she's, you know, out and about doing stuff, but then, you know... Uh, that was yesterday, and nobody's seen her in over 24 hours. Did she say anything about where she was going? Are you sure that this is, you know, missing, missing? If this is, it, this is really weird, alright? Look, Aris is still keeping a close eye on all of the dryads. They're supposed to be in before sunset, basically. <sighs> um, no, we're, t she's trying to be real, uh, proactive about all this, and so all the dryads are looking all over for her, because... Spring Meadow, you know, she wouldn't want to worry anyone without good reason. Blackmore kind of sighs and goes, all right, I know this is going to sound callous, but is Iris asking us to investigate? And Jack just, she hasn't, she hasn't spoken to me about it, no. But, look, she, she might not be asking you, but I am. Look, you know as well as I do what happened the last time a dryad went missing. Right. Well, in an official capacity... Until we are asked by a representative of the Mythtown Council, there's nothing Scotland Yard can do. Well, look... Unofficially... Yeah. I can stop by after work and we can have a discussion. I'll see if I can rope some of the other people into it as well. But again, this has got to be off the clock. If this anything is... gets done to this, we're in a lot of trouble. This is unofficial. You got it, mate. Thanks. Right. I'll see you after work. Hey, listen, one more thing. All right, Aris has told me about another group of myths. They aren't officially part of Mythtown or anything like that, but they are kind of allies of the Circle of Myths. They just didn't want to get involved with human society. They're kind of on the outskirts of London, a couple of hours out. We're thinking that maybe uh, she might have gone there. What, isola what, myth isolationists? Pretty much, yeah. Um, but look, I'm considering maybe going over to take a look and see if she might have gone there or something like that. All right. Like I said, I can't do anything until I'm off the clock, but right, once right. that happens, we can discuss plans further. <sighs> All right. Keep me posted man. if anything shows up. You got it, mate. All right. So, yeah. Yep. 
so Blackmore will hang up um, uh-huh. and yeah, more or and... less sort of like uh, he's basically going to go out and he's going to be like, all right, uh, like go around and try and find members of the Mythos unit to have like a, a quick meeting. All uh, right. Um, <laughs> Quincy is, is hanging around. Yeah. So Quincy, you have a text message from the man in black saying that he needs your help. So sorry, what was the exact text message? Does he does he give me a location or anything? No, he just says that something's happening and he needs your help. And okay. He's wait, and it's, he's waiting for you to text him back. Sure. Yeah, I'll respond with, "Hello, it's me, Quincy." So, your boy. Uh, yes, I know that. Uh, um, what do you yeah. need? This is Quincy. I need to speak with you privately. Uh, let me know when you're available. Okay, Quincy. <laughs> I'm available yeah, so. now. <laughs> and I'm going to say it's as you send this last message that you see uh, Franklin um, heading towards you, just striding across the floor of the precinct. Yeah. Oh, Quincy, uh, good I ran into you. Uh, listen, we need to have a quick meeting right now. Some things have developed in, uh, well, capacity, and I need to get the discussion of the team. Uh, meeting room in five, yeah? And then Blackboard just walks off. <laughs> Which meeting room? Uh, meeting room beta. Uh, okay. Quincy's going to go to the meeting room, meeting room beta and continue texting. All right. And, um, yeah, I will say that you are, for the sake of expediency, you're able to find Adam and uh, Tony, and soon enough, the four of you are in the meeting room. Yeah, Adam's just at his desk trying to buy a webcam online. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, yeah, he gets him into the meeting room, and Blackmore's like, all right, sorry for such quick notice, but uh, this is a rather unusual situation. About ten minutes ago... Uh, Inspector Houston called me to instigate to tell me that Spring Meadow, the uh, dryad that he was um, professional, that he was uh, you know professionally attached to during his detachment in Mythtown, has gone missing. Now, this is apparently she's been missing for the past two-ish days. And while Iris, the Grove Mother, has started a search party to find her, there haven't come up with any much luck. Unfortunately, Iris has not asked for Scotland Yard's help in the matter, which means officially this isn't our case, and as such, we can't really help out in any official capacity. Unofficially, I'm planning to make a stop by after work to discuss a few things with Mr. Houston. Uh, Would anyone be interested in such a thing? And you can kind of tell that Blackmore is heavily implying some implications. Well... If it's a case of missing myths, uh, I think I'm in. I also have at least one character that I still need to find. It's Boris. Um, sorry, Chris. What was the name of the 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 head of the guard again? Um, the t- oh, um, Hespero. Um, have you talked to Hespero about the the missing myths? Uh, I haven't. But then again, I don't really have the necessary means to get into easy contact with him. Hence the reason why I was going to uh, discuss things with Mr. Houston after work. Um, hey, Chris, does uh, does Tony have a way to contact Hespero? Um, not really, because Mythtown doesn't really have phones or anything like that. D- 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 he, does Tony not have a messenger bird? Um, sure. Uh, yeah, you know what? I can say that you have a uh, small uh, enchanted object that's basically like a like similar to a clockwork pigeon almost and ascending stone <laughs> yeah exactly it's pretty it's pretty similar to that and essentially you can speak into it it will record anything you say and then it will fly directly to hespero's location and repeat what you just said yeah unfortunately it's limited to only 150 characters 
Uh huh. Uh, yeah, yeah. So he'll just uh, uh, he he will, will send uh, send Hespero uh, a mis- a message via bird. Okay, so you uh, take the bird out of your bag like it's this small little clockwork thing that you made and enchanted yourself. So you press a little sort of switch on its back, and suddenly its eyes uh, light up green. So it's good to record. Uh, <clears throat> uh, Hespero, it is I, Tony. Um. Have you heard anything about uh, myths disappearing from Myth Town? I, I one of our sources has uh, mentioned that. Do you need assistance? And then he will press the button and then hmm. send the the bird off to Hesbro. Okay. In true bird fashion, it sees what it thinks is an open window and then immediately runs into a pane of glass. Hmm. <laughs> we shall receive a response in three to five days. Hmm. <laughs> so, um, with the bird out of the way, uh, what will the rest of you guys do now? Uh, well, I checked my phone. I, has he responded to me after I told him I was available? Um, yes. He says, um, where and when? Um, I don't know where you live. You tell me, winky face. <laughs> um, he specifies a location in London, uh, near basically a back alley between two specific businesses on a street that's a a fair distance from the uh, precinct. Okay. Um, So Blackmore. Yes. Do you you need... Sorry, are we going now? No. Like I said, this is in an unofficial capacity. Uh, We'll probably be going after work. Okay, well um, I've got to follow up a lead. I'll be back. And then he stands up and walks away. On which case? Uh, yeah, looks like he's already out the door. (laughs) (laughs) Quincy has engaged, I don't know what I'm doing, I'm just walking around, I'm an old Mm. man mode. God, he moves fast. (laughs) Mm -hmm. When he needs to. Yeah, it's like the the thing from Doctor Who, when you're not not looking at him, he like moves really fast, and when you look at him, he's like Mr. McGowan. Yeah. Oh god, you're you're like a weeping angel. (laughs) All right, um, let's a yes from Lambert and um, Tony. Would you be willing to come after hours for this, or are you waiting for the response from Hespero? Oh, the the bird will find me no matter where I am. Huh. Also, <laughs> I, I'm going to this town anyway. I oh, right, there. you live there, of course. <laughs> all right, uh, so yeah, I guess that's a yes across the board. So Black will be like, all right, we'll meet outside after our shift is over in a couple hours. In the meantime, uh, I have some things to take care of. Dismissed. All right. Uh, yeah, so I will adjourn the meeting. Okay. So, um, as for Jack, he gives you a call back. In fact, uh, Blackmore and tells you, "Hey, um, tell you what, uh, I can meet you at one of the pubs. You know uh, that place we went to before, O'Brien's." Uh, is that the that was the pub in Mythtown, correct? Um, uh, no, O'Brien's is the human pub where uh, Mac the Afrit works. Right, right. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm aware of the place. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. right. Wait, didn't a murder? Ha- didn't all those murders happen there? Uh, no, that was at a different pub. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Um, actually, it seems like our latest transfer was basically heading to Mythtown, anyways. So it's probably better if we meet you there. Well, all right. Sure, that that makes sense. I guess. Uh, just uh, try to come as soon as you can. Okay, mate. Yeah. All right. And so uh, with that, he quickly hangs up. So with that, I think your group has a, a trip to make to Mythtown. Uh, yes. 
after work. So I assume I Blackmore still has some things to do while he's on the clock. Yeah, you guys are almost at the end of your shift, but I'm going to say that, yeah, essentially you guys take care of a couple of things like just basic paperwork, stuff like that, and soon enough it is the end of your shift and you're off duty. Well, there is one thing that I want to do specifically after the meeting is, is I want to go talk to McCready. Okay. Um, so, um, yeah, so you go find, uh, Creedy, who's in, essentially, a smallish office of his own, and he sees you, uh, yeah, yeah, almost getting ready to knock because his door's open, and so, ah, Inspector Blackboard, please come in. Mm. Creedy? He nods at you. Take a seat. I'll stand. This is probably going to be quick. All right. Please, go Uh, ahead. So, yeah, I will shut the door. And uh, basically, Blackmore's like, so, dangerous information, I believe was the phrase you used, yes? He's watching you with completely unblinking eyes. That is exactly correct. Well, it appears I've managed to come across something. It seems that the smiley face killer has some sort of mimetic property about him. Elaborate. Me and Lavender conducted an interview with the Gashadokuro that we have in custody. We inquired as to the nature of the Smiley Face Killer and his plans. We weren't able to get far before a small growth appeared on Inspector Lavender's neck, one reminiscent of his calling card. Hmm. I originally had heard about this from interrogating Foster, but I just chalked it up to fear. But it appears that it's a lot more real than I anticipated. I see. And this symbol... What did it look like that appeared on Lavender? Uh, a small, almost like a mole, and um, he'll grab like a pad of paper and give like a quick drawing of it, effectively. Yeah, and he uh, just watches this with slitted eyes, putting two fingers up to his mouth um, as if in deep thought. Then he takes a deep breath. It appears as though you have uncovered some dangerous information indeed. I should I warn you, Blackmore. When I told you that if you had anything to discuss to bring it to me, you are definitely on the right track. And there is something that I can tell you, something that may very well help you in this case, but it would put you at grave risk. If it means getting him, I'm not particularly worried. And with this, he leans forward, um, keeping his eyes on you. I can tell you everything you need to tomorrow. Everything that I know, I can bring you up to speed on. But I will get... Because this is the sort of decision that cannot be made lightly. If you are truly willing to put your life on the line, then I will give you 12 hours to think things over. And to relay this information to your colleagues as well. After seeing the way in which you've handled certain situations, I understand that your team is incredibly capable but I want to make certain that all of you are truly willing to put your lives at risk. So tell your teammates, whoever is ready to truly risk themselves for the greater good of London can come and see me tomorrow. If you choose to preserve yourselves, if you feel as though the burden is too heavy, I will not judge you for it. Creedy, you're talking about this is the end of the world. The world? No. London? Possibly. I'll give them. I'll let them know, and uh, Blackmore will then leave the office. All right. I appreciate you taking the pause so the dramatic music could kick in. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll expect uh, some dramatic music there, Chris. Oh yes, absolutely. Don't worry. Um, but anyhow, uh, yeah, Franklin, you rejoin. Uh, 
essentially, yeah, Adam and Tony. All right. Uh, Quincy never said... Wait, did Quincy say he was coming along for this? Uh, yeah, he, yeah, he said he was coming, but he had to go follow up on a lead. Right. Mm. So, so, yeah. Okay. So, I assume that workday is, while the workday is occurring, Quincy is doing this, and then he will... Depending on how whatever the situation he ends himself ends sure, up in, but... assuming it doesn't take too long, he would come back. Sure, yeah. that works. So, so, um, Quincy, yeah. So, you basically get um irvine to give you a lift over to the specified place it's essentially this small business street it looks like uh, shops are beginning to you know some uh, of them are starting to wind down for the day so so i would actually so quincy actually would take a cab okay that works as well you wouldn't want irvine to know where he was going sure you yeah yeah you want this to be as unofficial as possible and you want to make yeah. sure that there aren't any you know any but there isn't anybody who would know about your activities in yes. the precinct. Okay, like, so like you... Quincy trusts his team. Right. But he doesn't want it to get out yet oh. until he figures out what the deal is because he doesn't 100% trust the guy in black either yet. Right. right. So, uh, you take the cab over to the street specified. Uh, by this point, the sun is beginning to get pretty low in the sky. At this point, it's almost like the end of the shift, basically. And uh, some of the shops are beginning to wind down for the day when some restaurants are preparing to, you know, uh, have the evening pickup, so to speak, like uh, the dinner rush and stuff. Mm-hmm. But as you're heading over, you go to the specified alleyway at the specified time. Yep. And soon enough, after a few minutes of you waiting just out of sight of the street... Uh, you see the man in black turn the corner and head into the alley and stop, uh, yeah, a few paces away from you. Uh, so Quincy does the, the universal sign of, uh, everything's cool, hands up, walking towards him. Yep, and he puts his hands up as well and just mirrors with the same movements, and then... Quincy quickly moves up to him and double high-fives him. (laughs) (laughs) He fell for it, idiot! Alright, uh, thank you for meeting me here on short notice. Um... Yes. Well, you seemed like it was rather urgent. It is. There is something going on outside of London. Do you remember that I told you that there were some myths outside of the public eye that had been going missing as a result of the actions of the McCarthy family? Well, yes, that was the underground fighting ring, was it not? Yes, that had occurred some time ago, but after that, I also told you that there were a few other myths here and there that had also been dropping off the radar. Uh, Have you found new information? Yes. They're planning to make an attack against a community of myths uh, several hours out of London. Oh. How did did you find this out? I know the myths who live in this community. And they're going to be attacked? They have been... Well, sort of skirmishes, in a sense, have been conducted against them. The McCarthy family has been conducting small kidnappings, in a sense, picking off groups that have been venturing outside of the community that they've established. Oh. So they're pl- they're expecting that the McCarthys are planning a full-scale assault to essentially abduct as many myths as they can get their hands on. Oh, well, that sounds rather serious. They found ways of making rudimentary dream catchers. Now, with that, Quincy actually, his eyes go from half open to open. Oh, now that is interesting. It's technology that I thought only the, the police department possessed. Have I ever used a dream catcher in front of this guy? 
Um, okay, I guess we did when we this when we did swap when we got the swap lurker. So yes. he would know. I was uh -huh. wondering how he knows about them. Um, well, um, are you planning to head there yourself? Yes. Uh, it could be any time in the next few days. So I'm planning on going ahead tonight and keeping an eye for anything going on. But if you and your team is able. I would very much appreciate it if you were able to come out and help me, because if the McCarthys are planning on sending agents of theirs to abduct these myths, I don't think I would be able to handle all of them on my own. Well, I would. I appreciate the heads up, but mm. why? I would just. I would just wonder why you aren't um, talking to one of the Midtown, someone in Midtown, or someone from the council in Midtown. I already have actually, and at the moment they've got enough on their plates. Oh. Um, they, they're trying to do investigations of their own in, into certain issues, you might say, and at the moment they cannot spare the manpower to send out to this community. Oh, well, I, I appreciate you asking me, going out of your way to ask a non-myth. Well, I mean, I've seen the way you work, ins Inspector Adams. The fact is, uh, you care about what you're doing. And that's not something I can say about every police officer out there. Fair enough. Well, um, are you heading there directly? Yes. Hmm. Well, then perhaps I will see you there. Um, and he, uh, Quincy begins to walk out of the alleyway and raises his hand. If you oh. need anything, just, uh, give me a phone me and I will respond with a text message. I know. Um, you have told me several times that it's you, so I know that <laughs> for sure. Well, you know, even in this modern era, got it's necessary to maintain polite discourse. And, and he nods uh, at that. Manners are everything in this day and age. Um, when Quincy was in front, did he get a better look at this guy? Like, is there? Um, is it literally just a person in a hoodie? Like, they um, their, are they wearing gloves? Like, yeah, he's got the motorcycle helmet that he's always worn, as well as like the black sort of uh, rider's jacket, so to mm. speak. Gloves. Like, th he's wearing... Everything that he's wearing is completely obscuring all of his features. Mm -hmm. He is male, definitely judging by the voice, but you have no idea as to his um, nationality or uh, skin color or any other discerning features of um, his underneath. So, uh, I'm gonna use uh, Tremor Sense. Yeah. Does that tell me anything like is he wearing it is he wearing anything like a gun or like does he have any equipment on um roll me roll me perception sure uh that's a 21 okay um yeah as he's uh taking a few steps away you can feel the vibrations rippling through the ground and you get an idea of what he what his features could be like underneath the helmet and you realize focusing in his ears are slightly pointed. Oh, I guess my, I guess my assumption he was a myth was correct. All right. Well, that's good information. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, and I'm gonna head back to the all right. to the precinct. Well, for us, um, we'll actually grab Irving because while it is technically off the clock, yep. Uh, I'm assuming Irving is fine with driving us uh, off shift. Uh, yeah. Uh, Irvine is just idling in the van, uh, in the garage of the place. And as you, yeah, you can Wait, also Irvine, do you live in this thing? <laughs> like, you knocks a wall and a bunk bed falls out? Yeah, uh, yeah, he just, uh, gives a bit of a shrug at you, and, yeah, you see that he's got a pillow beside him on the driver's seat? 
Or, sorry, in the passenger seat. Yeah. Uh, you mind giving us a lift somewhere, Irving? Irvine? <laughs> he just watches you, then, I drive. Uh, you do. <laughs> so, right, yeah. So, yeah. We'll get in the car. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll text Quincy just being like, hey, we're in the van. Uh, On my way back, Quincy. I guess we'll wait for him for a bit then. Okay. Then so once about, Quincy yeah. gets here, uh, we can just get in the van and head towards Mythtown to pick up Jack. Okay. So 20 minutes later, Quincy arrives. And with the whole team in tow, you make your way over to Mythtown. All right. So, so uh, yeah. out of curiosity, when Jack said, like, this community is on the outskirts of London, like, how far are we talking about? Um, like, city limits, like, way in the countryside? He did not specify, but if you're going to go see him, you've got an idea that he might be giving you more details soon. Hmm. Oh, I know the conversation that Quincy and the and the man in black had was rather cryptic and, like, hmm. not trying to give up anything. But I assume at some point he told Quincy exactly where the community was. I assume it's the same one. Yes. Um, basically, he <laughs> get, uh, he gave you some directions as to how to get there. Yeah, and I assume he, like, like, texted me the details. Yes, exactly. Okay, I just uh, wanted to make sure, because the way we were speaking was very, like, ah, uh, like, I'm going to keep everything close to the vest. Yes, I know like, that you know that I know that you know. Yeah, uh, but, Joey, but, but he, um, he never actually said where this community was. So, yes, um, jo- Joey, he's not so mysterious that he would neglect to tell you where you were going if you were going to go help him out. Like, okay. yeah, he's careful, but he's not, you know, he's not a dick. <laughs> Good to know. Uh-huh. So, right. so yes. So, on the Irvine, way to Mythtown. Sure, yeah. Go ahead. So, on the way to Mythtown, I uh, I assume there's, like, a door, basically, between, like, us and the driver's compartment. And uh, I'm like, Irvine, you don't mind if we get a bit of private time, do you? Be my guest. Like, I'll slam the door shut. And, um, and I'll basically say, all right, this is going to sound absolutely bizarre, but I swear I'm telling the truth. Okay. Me and Inspector Lavender have determined that the smiley face killer has some sort of mimetic property to it. Oh, like the teenagers. No, Quincy. You remember what Foster was talking about? The the name, the voice, the face, that sort of thing? The thing um, we kind of just chalked up to random fear? I believe so. It appears that that wasn't actual fear. Uh, Lambert, if you would mind, and Blackmore kind of like points to your neck. It's Lavender, but yes. No, oh, sorry. Yeah, and Adam Can't get Irvine's like... name right. Can't get Lavender's name right. It's been can't a while. Get... How many deep in the cups are you? We all you have also... days like that. You also called him McCready as well as Cre- instead of Creedy. Um, yeah, Adam will like pull his collar down and point to the back of his neck. I haven't actually seen this, but I can feel it. It's on the side of your neck, uh, the left hand oh. side. Okay. But yes, it's uh, roughly the size of a quarter, and it's a ring. Like, it's not a complete circle of upraised flesh. It's just basically like a thin line that forms a complete circle. Oh. Lavender managed to get that from simply being in the presence of the Gasha Dogro talking about it. Mm. I have maybe, no maybe idea... Maybe we should avoid talking about it now, then. Well, I spoke to Creedy on the matter, considering his rather cryptic nature about dangerous information about it. I don't know what the hell he has chalked up, but he's talking as if it's the end of the goddamn world. And he said something about a task that risks life and limb, and has given each of us 12 hours to decide whether or not we want to take up that to save London. The whole thing sounds unbelievably weird, but again, I assure you, that's exactly what he told me. I'm not forcing anyone to... I'm not exactly forcing anyone to go into this, but, well... It's your choice to make. 
I'll be doing it, but I have my own reasons for that. It's a little odd that he would essentially, well, wait for us to stumble upon this ourselves and then try and enlist our help. Yeah, I have a feeling he knows more than he's letting on, but hell if I can get it out of that man. He's like a bloody getting blood from a stone. (laughs) What I'd like to know is why he hasn't tried to do anything until this point, if it's so urgent and so important. I don't know. Internal affairs was always its own sort of weird business. Yes, don't I know it. All right, well... Like I said, the decision's yours. I've already made mine, but I have my reasons for that. But I wouldn't bequeath anyone against you for not wanting to agree to this. And Blackmore kind of gives like this, like, what the hell is this kind of hand gesture? Well, if it's truly as dire as it sounds, it seems like it's not something that we can avoid. Especially if we want to stay here. It seems like I'm already in up to my neck, as it were. Might as well keep moving forwards. Literally a beat, and then Quincy goes, Ha! I get it. Pat Lavender on the back. Good one, Lavender. I I see no reason to turn away from this danger. It's what what this job is for, correct? Well, it's good that I can count on all of you, then. I don't exactly know what he's planning, but apparently he wants to speak to us sometime tomorrow. First thing in the morning, it seems like. I guess I'll let him know. And then with that, I will, like, unshutter the the door between us and the driving compartment. How much further to Methtown, uh, Irvine? Um, you're actually slowing down and already here, boss. Oh, good. Uh, I'll text Jack and just be like, pulled up in the van, uh, feel free to just come aboard. And, uh, yeah. So this is a text you sent him? Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, you get a text back. Right, I'm on my way. And yeah, about uh, ten minutes later, um, you hear a knock on the side of the van. Yeah, we'll bust the door open. Yeah, uh, Jack Houston is outside wearing his, wearing the armor that the dwarves made him, as well as the um, yeah cape that seems to be made of interlocked leaves and vines that have been woven for him by the dryads. Like he is looking very fantasy esque as he uh, gives you guys a wave and steps up into the van. Ah, good to see you again, Houston. So ah, good to see you too. Um, this, I, yeah. So why don't you fill the rest of the team in on what exactly right. is happening? Also, um, he kind of looks at Adam and then over at Tony. Right, I see you've been getting some new uh, recruits and all that. I don't think we've been uh, introduced or anything. Adam will step forward. Uh, Adam Lavender. I was ah. transferred here from a uh, previous position with a different police department. Jack Houston, you, pleasure, Mike. Hello, I'm Tony. Tony, pleasure. All right. So, uh, so Quincy reaches his hand out to Jack. Uh, yeah. Good, good to see you too, Quincy. And he shakes overly your hand long well. handshake. Jack, how was so, your how was your lady friend? Uh, well, that's kind of why we're here, mate. Uh, didn't didn't Frank didn't Franklin tell you? I know I did. <laughs> oh right. yes, yes. Sorry. Don't have a change, Quincy. So, <laughs> uh, with that, he lets go of your hand finally. Uh, so, look. It's about Spring Meadow, so... And he looks over at Adam and Tony. So, she's a dryad who's in uh, Iris's inner circle. She's one of her handmaidens. And the two of us, we we become friends over the last while and such, as I've been deployed here for the last little while. But, uh, look, something's going on. I asked her to help me out look into something going on in Mythtown, but as of yesterday, she's been missing for, like, the last... 24 hours as of yesterday morning. So it's more like uh, 36 hours, I guess. Day and a half. Hmm. 
Yeah, and although Myth Town's trying to look into it themselves, I mean, I don't know what they'll be able to do. I mean, they're busy with everything else going on, just trying to, you know, keep the peace and all that, because a lot of them... A lot of the people who are living in Mythtown, they're getting real antsy with all the blackouts that have been going on and all the dangerous myths prowling about London trying to get in and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm trying to find Spring Meadow, and I called Franklin asking if maybe you guys could look into it as well, maybe help us out a bit. Oh, well, this is quite the uh, convenient situation. My lead actually told me that the community out here... Um, well, that they might have a connection to what's going on. Really? Yeah. I um, It was um, part of my investigation into the underground fighting ring, you know. Oh, wow. Okay. Wait, so, I thought we got rid of that. Yeah. But, you know, uh, some... But we never dealt with... Well, we dealt with the symptom. But, you know. But the McCarthy family's still out there, and they're the, hmm. they're the virus. Yeah. Shit. All right. So, and your informant said that the McCarthy's are planning to do something to this place? Yes, I heard they had designs on it. Um, To what degree, I'm not sure. (sighs) Well, I mean, you think the McCarthy's might be involved with uh, Spring Meadow going missing? Well, they could definitely be connected. Especially if they're attacking the settlement to perhaps kidnap more mitts. Speaking of the settlement, what is this thing, anyway? I know myth isolationists, but why? I mean, your guess is as good as mine, mate. Alright, how far out of uh, town is this place? Um, yeah, Quincy, uh, you give- you tell them exactly where it is. It seems to be about a two and a half, three hour drive out of London. It's not that far. You have no real information or connection with these people- have you contacted them? And you have no contact with them. How, well, I guess uh, in your particular position, you would probably know better than us how we should proceed from a, a political standpoint, especially if we're not going as policemen. Qu- Quincy literally just puts his bat, takes off his badge and then puts it down on the ground and you realize he is already wearing his civilian clothes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he also takes his gun, puts it down. I mean, Blackmore never wore a badge, at least out in the open, so that's just, you know, tucked away. Yeah, and Adam doesn't carry a gun. I mean, Tony doesn't really have any... I mean, does Tony doesn't wear police blues, right, John? Like, he's he's no. literally just wearing, like, armor. Yeah, yeah, he, he does... Yeah, he is just wearing armor. Like, and, yeah, I think he, he, he would actually probably have all of his armor, and, like, is it... Like, he's got all of his, like, blacksmith's tools and stuff on his, like, belt and things... So if anything, he looks like a blacksmith wearing an armor. <laughs> so yeah, it's fine. All right. All right. Well, um, I guess that when are we going to go head down there then? Well, we're in the van. I'd assume right now. Tonight. I mean, it's not like we can do it during business hours. D- did you get in the van just to hang out? Well, <laughs> I mean, I thought that we were head- heading in the van just to talk about this, but uh, uh, well, I mean, if we're going to do it tonight, I guess we're going to do it tonight. No well, time like long, present. Long drive, so settle in. Yeah. Hey, Irvine, do you have any more of those pillows? Uh, he uh, cr- uh cranes his neck back, and I might. So with that, he uh, t- yeah, goes underneath uh, the dashboard, just kind of thumps on something, and suddenly, yeah, a couple more pillows fall out, as well as a blanket. <laughs> so, so, I uh, heard the story. Yes. Uh, I realize that this is a bit of a tall ask, but again. 
you've gone this far with us, are you willing to go a bit further? Three hours there, three hours back. Road trip. I can chip in for gas if you need. <laughs> no need. The ride's its own reward. And with that, he revs the engine, and suddenly he's taking off once again and hitting the streets. <laughs> so, uh, basically, a few minutes later, um, you guys are going through the streets of London, and then after that, after a little bit, you guys are on the highway heading to the northwest out of London. Uh, the sun is beginning to approach the horizon as you guys are, yeah, going um, along the... Yeah, the highway, just watching the trees and the countryside streak past you. Okay. So so you said two to three hours, right? That's right. All right. Um, I, so guess I, will... in, I guess in the meantime, uh, uh, Quincy is going to, in a his daughtering fashion, uh, ask Jack what he's been up to. Oh, well, uh, basically, been uh, before this, I was doing some patrols around Mythtown and all that, but... Uh, then he kind of looks over at Franklin. Um, been doing some uh, other stuff as well, looking into a couple things on my end, seeing if I can help out the case and all that. But uh, yeah, just really familiarizing myself with uh, the going ons of Mythtown, and honestly, it's a pretty cool place to live, mate. Oh, great! Yeah, per- and ha- per- how perhaps about you- once I, um, perhaps if um, <clears throat> the uh, this gig doesn't work out, I'll move over there. I think you'd like it there. Huh. How about yourselves? What's been going on ever since I left? Well, Tony joined, which was nice. Oh, uh-huh. and Balestra joined. Uh, I don't know where yeah. she is right now. but I met her, yeah, briefly when uh, I was leaving and she was coming in. Uh, what's it been like with her? Uh, she has a religious following now. That's uh, That's been going pretty well. Like, w- w- like a cult? Oh, they don't like it if you call it that, but but yes. If they don't lock it when you call them a cult, Quincy, then they're probably a cult. That's fair. But yes, um, things have been interesting, as usual. Yeah, this is, these are interesting times we're living in, that's for sure. Oh, um, Quincy, you've made uh, arrangements for your uh, ward, yes? Oh, yes. Uh... He is uh, being taken care of by the babysitter tonight. Furiously texting in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I actually just text. I just actually just text like a dollar value to the to the babysitter, and then she just goes. <laughs> yep. Uh, you receive a thumbs up in response, Quincy. Nice. Yep. And so with that, uh, the drive continues, and a few hours pass by as you guys, you know, just basically spend time just catching up with Jack and, you know, talking about stuff and everything. And overall, uh, yeah, it it seems, uh, yeah, if it weren't for the fact that you're off to investigate what you're about to, you know, it might actually be a bit of a relaxing, nice get-together. But eventually, um, yeah, you're getting close to the location specified. And at this, suddenly, um, uh, there's a bit of a jolt as uh, the van starts to get a little bit bumpy. And Irvine just calls back, we're going off-road! And so, uh, yeah, you guys look out uh, through the window of the passenger seat, and sure enough, there uh, you guys are going along a dirt path down between a couple of hills go- heading towards what seems to be a... Uh, going towards what seems to be a pretty big forest from the looks of things. This is a what? little unique. Yeah. Um, we might need to beat... We might need the van to be in fairly good condition to get out. Uh, Why don't... Are we, like, close enough to walk to it at this point, or is it still a ways in? 
Mm, yeah, I'd say you're close enough to start walking. All right. Irvon, why don't you park up here and we'll beat a hasty retreat if we need to get out of here. But better to do that than to get it stuck in the mud. So Smart move. And so with that, he uh, go- comes to a stop and lets you guys hop out. All right. So yeah, um, Blackmore will grab one of those big maglite flashlights. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, uh, All right. head on out. Okay. Um, You guys can roll me an investigate check if you'd like. Okay. Investigation. Oh, six. Ooh, uh, that is a 24 altogether. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm not going to beat that. Okay, so Blackmore, as soon as you hop out of the van, you can see that um, there are fresh sets of tire tracks along this road ahead. Like, And as you're walking along, you can see that, um, yeah, it's getting a little bit muddy up ahead, but the tire tracks look pretty deep. And there's more than one set of them as well. You said this is a human isolationist compound, right, Jack? Well, that was a myth isolationist compound. Myth isolation, sorry. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what I thought. So, what's uh, yeah? He crouches low, just looking at the tracks. Well, what do you suppose all this is about then? Nothing good. We should pick up the pace. <laughs> right. You're absolutely right. Come on, let's get moving. And so with that, you guys begin to head down the path. But as you're going along, you can you didn't notice at first because uh, the sun is slowly going below the horizon. It's and it's ca- casting everything into weird colors. You know how that kind of works with all these harsh sort of oranges and blues and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, looking over the tops of the forest, you can actually see that the trees are covered with snow, and it is huh. late spring. And as you're walking along, snowflakes are slowly, like, beginning to obscure the path up ahead until eventually you are walking through maybe about um, half a foot of freshly fallen snow as uh, fat white flakes are cascading down all around you guys. Wait, is it the season for snow? Not no. in England. <laughs> all right. Now, <laughs> Quincy looks down his shorts. Ooh, <laughs> perhaps I... I'm a bit underdressed. Begins walking. <laughs> yes, I should have brought sturdier shoes. Uh, my shoes are fucked anyways. I may as well just keep moving. Yep. Or no, uh, wait. I don't... I don't... Oh, mm, nope, never mind. I thought I maybe had a levitate ability, but I don't. I was misreading it. <laughs> hey, Tony, you're able to do that thing with the forge, right? Are you able to heat Quincy up? Or us up? Yes. Uh, yeah, he'll put out the, the portable forge, uh, and it... It actually changes it rapidly to a to an overly hot environment if you're standing too close to it. <laughs> well, uh, with Tony able to keep us from relatively freezing to death, uh, hmm. Blackmore says we should probably keep moving. All right. So uh, the five of you head along. Your path slightly lit by this uh, glowing miniature forge that's in Tony's hands. And uh, yeah, as you continue forward. Um, I'm going to say that you guys can begin to hear something off in the distance. The sounds of what is unmistakably gunfire. That's certainly nothing good. Yikes. Better move. Uh Uh-huh. So, so, uh, hearing this, Tony puts down the forge, puts down the anvil, and quickly smiths up, um, a, uh... So those bulletproofing charms. Can, uh-huh. can, he, um, can he swiftly create me a pair of pants? <laughs> <laughs> That's uh-huh. tailoring, not smithing. You set 
you set down the forge in the snow, and the snow around it immediately melts into the ground as you quickly begin uh, smithing up some bulletproofing charms. Mm-hmm. Okay, and just double check, how many do you make? Um, well, I have to roll for each one, so... Mm. Uh, I, I am going to say, statistically, it is very hard for me to fail this roll. Uh-huh. So... Uh, I've made one. Uh-huh. Two. Okay. Three. Four. And... One. Five. So... No, one for each of us. Yep. Well... Okay. Yeah. So, what exactly do these charms look like again? Um, I would say that they are tiny shields that you can pin to your, oh. to your chest... Well, you um, had it to Blackmore, and he's like, wait, what is this? It's a bulletproof charm. It makes you immune to bullets. Huh. Oh, that's handy. Yeah, no kidding. And he, like, pins it onto his chest. Okay. I mean, and... It's pretty late now, isn't it? It's got to be, like, 8 or 9 p.m., right? Uh, in Yeah, in, in-game, yes. That's correct. Okay, so it's getting dark. Yeah. Okay, Adam's going to try and take that to his advantage... Um, I'm going to use some of my vamp super speed to kind of run ahead of uh, the others and, and do a bit of scouting. Okay. Um, yeah, you dash on ahead. And um, yeah, I'm going to ask you to roll a stealth check, please. Sure. This is one of my specialties. Oops. Uh, 20. Not natural. Okay, dirty 20. So you zip uh, past the rest of the party going, uh, you know racing through the snow, leaving behind just this trench as you zoom over to a yeah, the start of the tree line, then you go from one tree to the next, just quickly <laughs> dashing between them, and you stop behind one as the gunfire is now getting painfully loud, and you see in a smallish clearing that there are two vans, like large, big, black vans, the sort of things that, you know, are meant to go and not attract any attention and stuff, and uh, yeah, the back of one of them is open, and there are two men that are racing towards it dressed in dark gray colors, and they have a laden bundle between them, and they toss it into the back of the van. Meanwhile, a couple other men are coming back, and uh, they are also ha- they also have a pair of submachine guns on them, and they are firing into the tree line behind them, and, and one of them... Ah, Jesus Christ! This is probably one of the strongest bastards we've seen yet! And so, uh, yeah, you suddenly hear the sound of a crashing tree as a minotaur charges into the clearing uh, as well. Just this enormous pitch-black minotaur, uh, his fur covered with, uh, like, crisscrossed with threadbare scars and stuff like that. And he he just gives a snort. <clears throat> Come on, assholes! Keep moving! We need to get everybody back to the base! Don't worry about this one guy! And then, past this minotaur, suddenly you can see a a figure leap into the clearing, skidding to a halt, facing everybody. A figure dressed entirely in black, wearing a motorcycle helmet. So, the minotaur is on the bad guy's team. Yeah, it looks like it. And as you watch Adam, the Minotaur just, he brings his hands up, curling them into a pair of fists, and you can see that he's wearing this thick set of what appear to be solid steel brass knuckles. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Uh, how much further behind is everyone? Um, a bit of a distance away. They'll have to, uh, you know, catch up 
Uh, right. How many combat rounds is what I'm thinking? Um, about uh one combat round if they move all out. Okay. Hmm. All right. I might try and take this opportunity to catch them by surprise if they can't see me. Hmm. Um, and use my uh, body puppeting ability. Okay. Um, so I'm going to try and take over the uh, body of one of the men who's holding the submachine gun. Uh-huh. The machine guns. Right. Um, and get him to uh, shoot out the tires of the van. Okay. Um, interesting. All right. So roll me... Um, so they, have to, they have to roll a will saving throw, correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay. And what rank is your power currently set at? Uh, eight. Okay. Um, I, it was my understanding that the ranks in these abilities could go only go up to rank seven. Oh, okay. Well, then rank seven. That's my mistake. Okay, no worries. So, uh, yeah, he has to roll a will-saving throw of 18 or higher. Yes. Okay, that is a failure. So you throw your hand out uh, towards one of the men with the submachine guns as he's getting ready to aim at the man in black, and he suddenly just goes rigid still as you feel your power sink into him. Great. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I while he's got his gun readied, I just want him to pivot around to face the van and shoot yep. out the front two uh, tires. Okay, so yeah, he immediately pivots around, and before anybody can react, he runs over to the side of the van, aims down at, uh, yeah, the tires. He can't, he's not in front of the van, so he can't get the front tires, but he gets, uh, he's on the right-hand side of the van, and he gets both the front tire and the back tire. Perfect. Great. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, the other one with him just sees this going on, and yeah, he just shouts, Jesus Christ, Charlie, what are you doing, mate? And so with that, um, I'm going to say that this is enough for combat to start, as suddenly, uh, yeah, the Minotaur sees this going on, and he's just, what the fuck? And yeah, suddenly you see, Adam, that a another figure jumps out of the van. Sort of this lo- tallish, sort of spindly fellow. Bald, seems to be older, maybe in his 60s or so, wearing a very crisp, sort of pitch black suit uh, with uh, thin, pinched figures. And he's wearing a pair of sunglasses, despite the fact that it is pitch black outside. Hmm. And so, yeah, so he just... Uh, looks at the man, just looks around, and so gentlemen, it appears as though we're not alone out here. I suggest we start looking. And then he just looks in your direction, Adam, and his and a small smile appears exposing a pair of gleaming teeth in the darkness. Whoa. Fucking vampires! Every God time! God damn it! That's and exciting. So this is where we're going to roll initiative. Great. Okay. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. You can find us on Tumblr at listen to these nerds.tumblr.com or on Twitter at LTTNCast. All our music is sourced from incompetech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. You can email us at listen to these nerds at gmail.com.